Welcome to church on this chilly winter day. It's so good to be worshiping with you all. Um, <clears throat> sometimes mornings can be tough to wake up and to, if the caffeine hasn't quite kicked in yet. But I, I want to read a couple verses from Psalm 57 to speak right to that, awakening ourselves. So hear these words from Psalm 57. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. So we're going to sing a song this morning about um, asking God to awaken our hearts, awaken our souls as we um, sing praises to him, as we look and gaze upon him today. So why don't you guys stand with us? Let's sing together. Shake, all hail the Lord. 
endures through generations I know that you will keep your covenant I'm calling on the God of Moses the one who opened up the ocean I need you now to do the same Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your faithfulness I'm calling on the God of Mary Whose favor rests upon the lowly I know with you all things are possible I'm calling on the God of David Who made a shepherd boy courageous I may not face Goliath But I've got my own giants Oh God, my God, I need you Oh God, my God, I need you now How I need you I'm standing on your faithfulness, on your faithfulness. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages. I'm standing on your faithfulness, on your faithfulness. Yes, God. 
heard your children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you moved in power then god move in power now you are the same god you are the same god you are a healer then you are a healer now you are the same god you are the same god you are a savior then you are a savior now you are the same god you are the same god oh god my god i need you oh god my god i need you now how i need you Standing on your faithfulness, on your faithfulness. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. trust in you, we trust in you, God. Yes, we need you, God. Oh, we need you now. We lean into your faithfulness. You free the captives, then you're freeing hearts right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. You touch the lepers, then I feel your touch right now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Let's do it today like you did yesterday. Mm. We feel your touch, God. I'm calling on 
on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me again. Come and fill me again. Come and fill me again. How great the chasm that lay between us how high the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness soar through the shadows of my soul the work is finished what end is written jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. Yes. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, yes, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Yes, hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope hallelujah oh hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me yes then came the morning 
that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declare the grave has no claim on me oh jesus yours is the victory on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope yes hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope oh jesus christ my living hope oh god you are my God, we find our hope in you today. God, thank you for your unfailing love. Your love is a rock that we can stand on, God, that never wavers, never changes. Even in the midst of trials and attacks from the enemy, God, we're secure in your love. And even when despair and, and doubt surround us, God, help us to find your promises us to find hope in your promises, Jesus. Your word reminds us that you are our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble. Fill us with that hope, God, that we may face each day with confidence and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Well, welcome once again. Um, my name is Dan. I'm the worship pastor here, and just so good to be with you, worshiping, singing our faces off, and uh, being really loud in here this morning. Um, just want to say a, a little welcome to anyone who may be visiting for the first time, maybe a guest here today. Um, want to just thank you for coming with us, hanging out with us, and singing with us, and hearing the Word of God. Um, if this is your first time, um, after the service, you guys can skedaddle onto the um, connect table out in the lobby. There's a giant sign that says new here. Um, you can pick up a little gift for just us saying thanks for being, being here with us. And there's a little connection card you can fill out as well that uh, if you fill that out, we'll uh, send you a little gift later in the week as well. So a um, couple of announcements before we get on in the service. Um, we, Lent just started this past week, as you may or may not know, um, but we have a global partner, Remember Niger, that we partnership with, and um, they are doing a 40 sponsors for 40 children during the 40 days of Lent. 
Um, the children in the sponsorship program are from the most vulnerable groups in Niger, including the disabled, orphans, girls, and those living in extreme poverty. Um, we'll have a little bit more information in the, in the weekly email that goes out today. This warning went out. And if you're not on our email list, just shoot us an email at info at sunrisemen.org. We'll get you on that. You'll get all the announcements and any other info we may have coming out. But consider um, joining one of those um, sponsorships, and you can find all the info in the email. Um, next, we have a super fun event coming up. Everyone is invited on Wednesday the 28th at 6 p.m. for an all-church game night. We've had a couple of these in the past, and it's always well-attended, super fun, and kids run around, adults, sometimes just adults gather around a table and do an adult game as well. So it's just, just a fun time for all. We'll also have pizza provided. Um, we'll, we'll provide the pizza. You guys provide the games. Um, so email me, dan at Sunrise Men, if you have any questions about that. You can sign up um, right on the app and also in the email as well. Um, just so we can get a count on the pizza numbers and stuff like that. So that's my last announcement for us all. Um, every Sunday we uh, have a time of just conversation. We like to hang out and just chit-chat for a few minutes before we get into the sermon. So why don't you guys stand up with us? This also is a time for the kiddos to head on out to their programming. So let's hang out and chat. Well, you guys can find your ways back to your seats. Um, just wanted to introduce you guys to our speaker for the day. Um, this right next to me is, is Dr. Chad Vitarelli. He comes from Bella Vista Church, which you guys may or may not know. Um, that's where Dennis comes to us from, and Dennis is actually over there preaching over back at Bella Vista today. Um, so he is married to oh, yeah. Haley, and I just found out that Haley, their youngest, is in Disney World right now, having a super fun time with the choir. Um, but Den um, Chad has three children. And uh, Chad's doctorate, this is all from Dennis, little info he texted me, um, in the doctorate in the area of worship and discipleship. And uh, yeah, we're super excited to have you with us today speaking about the Sabbath. Do you have anything else to add to my little snippet from no, Dennis? No, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, please just call me Chad. The only time I've been called doc, when I first got my doctorate, I was... Haley and I were trying to pull into a parking space and I, I, I missed it. And I said, oh, what a moron. And she said, no, it's Dr. Moron now. So <laughs> that's been about the most of it. But <laughs> um, so yeah, Dennis and I um, moved into the same dorm in 1991, last century. We were freshmen at Cedarville. So, so we have been the best of friends for 30, over 30 years. So I've got stories and I would love to share stories. So maybe not from here, but afterwards, um, <laughs> I would love to, to talk about that. Um, so we were really excited back in 2017. We had talked for years about what it would be like to serve in the same staff together. And so when there was a need at Bella Vista and he said, hey, would you be willing to come on and be the worship leader? That was so exciting. And, and we just loved that. And then you took him away from us. <laughs> and uh, no, also, we're just so thankful for God's leading and provision for you and for the Moles family. Um, because we've known each other so long, he speaks very honestly about how things are going on. And... Uh, he has nothing but positive things to say. He, so thank you for, for loving 
the Moles family. Thank you for the way that you have shown your welcome to them. They, they are feeling that, and uh, they're just delighted to be here. Uh, Dan, when, when I was the worship leader for Dennis, I don't know if he's done this to you, but it became kind of a joke that he'd get to the end of the service and he would say, Chad, come up here and sing something or come up here and play something. And so I had about the time from getting up there and getting to the piano to think of some song that might dovetail uh, <laughs> with what was going on. So when he said, hey, I want you to to, to speak at sunrise, it was kind of the equivalent of him saying, hey, come up here and say something. And uh, so I said, well, if I'm going to do that, speak about Sabbath as worship, why don't we, we switch places today? So, so right now, um, Dennis is getting to, to see all the folks at Bella Vista, and uh, thank you for giving him that opportunity as well. So that is my understanding. You've been in the midst of a series on the Sabbath, and we're going to talk about the Sabbath as an invitation to worship. And I don't know what your relationship with the Sabbath is. Um, there's probably a generation in West Michigan for which the Sabbath is kind of a, um, a drudgery that, you know, as much as we love our lawns in West Michigan, you're not going to mow your lawn on Sunday morning or Sunday at any time. We're not going to work and you, you better not crack a smile uh, on, on Sundays because it's the Sabbath. And I think there are others of us for whom the pendulum has swung the other way where we say Sabbath is me time, that it's a time for me to binge watch Netflix all day in the name of the Sabbath. And I'm all for a binge watch every once in a while. But I think that both sides of the pendulum could use an adjustment. That God has given us the gracious gift of the Sabbath to come away from normal activities in order to be reoriented to our primary identity. That we're created. That we're redeemed. So to do that, I think it's important that we talk about worship itself because worship is itself an invitation. And the better we understand worship as an invitation, I think, the better we can appreciate the Sabbath as a gift and not a drudgery or, or an imposition. Here's the verse we know that is worship as invitation, right? The hour is coming. It is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is seeking worshipers. He's inviting us into his presence. You remember when Jesus said this? It's that great story that we've, we all know of the encounter of Jesus with the woman at the well. Where a conversation about water becomes a conversation about worship. Jesus meets with this Samaritan woman. This Jew meets with a Samaritan woman at the well, which is kind of like a Wolverine drinking with a Buckeye. They didn't worship right. I, didn't, I forgot about that. The Buckeyes are over there. They didn't worship right. They didn't have the right upbringing. They didn't have the right blood in their veins. But Jesus doesn't have those same hang-ups. He reaches out for the same people that others would go away from. And so he sought her 
out. He was at the well and she came up and he asked for a drink. And she said, why are you even talking to me, right? (laughs) I'm a Samaritan, you know that, right? We don't even belong at the same well. And Jesus says, well, if you knew who I was, if you knew what God could give to you through me, you would have asked for water, but not just any water, living water. See, you have to keep drinking regular water. You get thirsty for more. But what I offer to people is refreshment that never fades away. He says, the water that I give you, it'll become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus knew that this woman needed more than anything the world could provide for her. She was created like all of us were in the image and likeness of God. God breathed life into us. And so we're created with this thirst for the eternal. Right? We need God even if we won't acknowledge it. This is what Adam understood. This is what Eve understood. They came into a world that was already built for worship, right? The heavens declared the glory of God. The sky shows the work of his hands. Job says that that all of the, the stars, morning stars, shouted for joy together at creation around the throne in Isaiah. The angels say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So when Adam and Eve opened their eyes, they opened their eyes into a world that was already existing to bring glory to God. They were already in this world where everything in all of their relationships, in everything that they did, they were designed to bring glory to God in harmony with one another. So they understood that they had been invited into worship and everything they did was a response to him. When it was time for their first job, God brought Adam and Eve to the job site and said, this is what I have for you to do. And you do that in response to my command to bring glory to me. In their marriage relationship, you are to be fruitful and multiply. Your life, your work, your relationship together in unity and harmony with one another, it brings glory to me. And and this all-encompassing idea of what worship is, is all the way through the scriptures. There's not one word in the Bible that is translated worship. There's kind of a family of terms. And every one of them is this idea of not just a heart attitude, but also a life. So we're not going to do much Hebrew and Greek today because I can't. But um, one of those words is, is the word Histophal, which is homage or grateful submission. And it's used of a physical activity. If I bow down, that physical act is translated in the scriptures, worship. The thing is, it's also translated as the attitude behind that action. So, There's not a word that says, I'm going to bow down to you, Dan, but I'm only doing it physically. 
I'm not doing it in my heart. Like this, to date myself, the Superman 2 idea, kneel before Zod, you know, and so everybody kneels down before General Zod because if they don't, he'll kill them, right? But that's not the idea of this word in the scriptures. It is an inward attitude. It's a life orientation and it shows itself in physical activity. Same with the, one of the other key words, and that's to serve, abad. We think of, of serving as something they did like in Downton Abbey days or something like that. Or if we go to lunch after this, you know, and, and someone will bring you your food. And, and so it's, a, it's an activity word, but in the scriptures, it's a worship word. Right? When, when God is speaking through Moses to the Pharaoh, he says, let my people go that they might worship me, is what a lot of our translations say. But the word is abad. Let them serve me. And so there's this activity going on. That's what we're doing today in corporate worship together. We're, we're serving God in worship but it also comes from an attitude that says, you are my Lord and master, and I am your servant. There's not a category for when we go out to eat afterwards and the server comes up and says, is there anything that I can do for you? Could you get me another Dr. Pepper? I would love to do that. Of course. You know, that person is probably not thinking, <laughs> I just delight in serving this person. <laughs> they probably go away and say, how many, you know, how many Dr. Peppers is this guy going to drink? Kind of a thing. There's no category of action without attitude. We were created in all things to worship, to respond. A life orientation that has outward manifestation. It's what we were created for. And Jesus knew that this woman was created for living water. She was created for eternity. She was created to respond to that invitation to worship. But of course, she doesn't see that. Because our sinfulness has made it so that we can't see that. So, so she hears about this living water that Jesus can offer. And maybe isn't picking up on everything that Jesus is laying down. She says, well, give me some of this magic water so I don't have to lug these buckets back and forth all the time. And Jesus responds in, in kind of a harsh way in verse 16. At least it sounds harsh. Well, go call your husband and come back here. She says, well, I don't have a husband. And he says, well, I know you don't. You've had five of them. And the one you're with now isn't your husband. At first, it sounds like Jesus is trying to shame this lady. Or he's trying to make sure that she knows, that he knows her secrets. He does know her past. He knows everything that she's done. But Jesus has already offered her living water. He's making it clear that worship is an invitation of God's grace. That's what we sang about already. 
that God broke in. He is the same God. He speaks first. And his invitation is not because we've done something to conjure him up. He invites us by his grace to worship him. So this woman is taken aback about what Jesus seems to know and realizes there's more to him than she thought. He knows things that he ought not know. And she says, you seem like a prophet. But see, that's where our differences become important again because you go to uh, First Church of, of Mount Zion. You worship at this mountain and I worship at Mount Gerizim as a Samaritan. So you're sounding like a prophet. It sounds like you've heard from God, but we don't worship at the same place. We don't hear from God in the same way at the same place. So I'm not even sure if I can listen to what you're saying. And Jesus says, true worship isn't found in a place at all. It's found in a person. And I'm the person. And that's where we hear these words again. That the hour is coming. It's now here when true worshipers will worship not in a, at a certain mountain, but they'll worship in spirit and truth. The Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Worship is not centered in a place. It's centered in a person. And so the woman finally in her confusion just says, well, the Messiah will sort this all out. He'll make it clear. And Jesus says, I know he will. And that's me. If you understand who Jesus is, then you know how to worship. If you understand that he's the savior of the world, the son of the living God, our living hope, then you are eternally refreshed in his presence. You're not dependent on a set of conditions or a physical location. God's not bound by a building. And you worship him in truth. You worship him for real because you commune with the one true God through Jesus Christ. We couldn't enter the presence of God at all. But he has invited you. Jesus, our true worship leader, has made a way through his death for our sin. And now we can seek the one who is seeking us. So God is seeking true worshipers. True worshipers who are seeking him. Who understand that they were created by him and for him, whose life is oriented toward the creator and the redeemer, who are responding to God's gracious invitation through Jesus, and whose worship isn't just in the sanctuary, but it overflows into the ordinary every day. He has revealed himself, who he is, what he's done, what he expects of us, and our response is everything. Our life, our words, our habits, our activities, our priorities, our relationships. They are a response to God. They are worship. 
And so when we understand that worship is an invitation, that God has invited us in, then the Sabbath is a gift to help us to worship. God gave the Sabbath to us as an invitation to worship and as a reminder to be oriented toward him. It's a gift to get us in rhythm, that we would live in this rhythm of restful remembrance and weekly reorienting ourselves towards God. I'm sure you've been through the, the, the commandments that God gave to the Israelites in terms of uh, the purpose of the Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 20, God through Moses says, Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So he says, remember the Sabbath as this day because you were created. Remember your creator, the one who created for six days and then rested. And as you remember your creator, you're also remembering that you were created by God. It comes up again in Deuteronomy 5. It begins the same way. Again, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Why? Well, here it's different. He says, you shall remember at this time that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Here, the focus is, hey, honor the Sabbath. Get into this rhythm of purposeful rest and remembrance and reorient yourself to your Redeemer. Remember that you were a slave and you've been set free. Remember that you're redeemed. And so in these two ways, our rest is to be reminded of our identity. That we are created in God's image and in need of God's grace. And so the Sabbath rhythm is a gift from God. It helps us to receive God's invitation to worship on a regular basis. And I guess the challenge for all of us, I know the challenge for me is to say, you know, how good am I at accepting that gift? How good are you at, is that a word, Sabbathing? I don't think that's a word. How good are you at honoring the Sabbath? For part of my doctoral program, I had to do, uh, I had to interview a bunch of pastors about the Sabbath. And 
the first questions were theological questions. Tell me, what is, the perp, what is the meaning of the Sabbath? And I got all kinds of great answers. You know, they just went on and on about the theology of the Sabbath. And, and, and then I said, and what is your personal observation of the Sabbath? And then the answers were really, really poor. Well, I mean to, to, to observe this and, and yet, you know, things, I, well, work and busyness and, uh, well, I, I do lead the church every week. And, and, and even for these pastors who understood these kinds of things, for themselves, it was not anything that they were um, observing. And again, that the purpose is not just to make us all feel guilty or to have us justify our behavior. Again, the Sabbath is not an imposition. It's not to be another rule to follow. It's a gift from God for us to be invited into worship, to help us to get into rhythm of understanding who and whose we are. It's a way for us to be refreshed by the living water of God's presence and to be restored and redeemed, reoriented to God's purpose and calling on our lives. So it's worth having intention and purpose and preparation. I grew up in the Detroit area, um, actually between Ann Arbor and the Metro Detroit. So this has been the greatest football spectating year of my entire life. And at, at one time, Detroit also had a, a professional baseball team, the Tigers. <laughs> and uh, and I, had, I had only been in Grand Rapids for very long, not for very long. Um, and Friday morning, we, I, had, I actually had a, a men's group I was meeting with, and they had a ticket for me for the first game of the World Series. And that day was lost to anything else. I mean, I don't really think about what I'm wearing anywhere, but that day it was like, what am I going to wear to the World Series? <laughs> and and we're, we're memorizing all the, the, the lineups and, and we're talking about this game all day long. We drove there. We, we got to, the, to Comerica Park three hours. It was three hours early. They don't let you in until three hours early. And so there's this group of people that are marching around Comerica Park like the walls of Jericho, waiting for it to open up so we could get in there. And we went, and you know, I, I'm always, I always do the scorecard with the game. And so I'm, I'm you know, filling in the game, you know, and Bob Seeger uh, sang the national anthem, and, um, and the game was terrible. Of course, they lost the game. And so then we spent two more hours you know, just what, what's, you know, how are they going to bounce back from this? They never bounce back from that. Um, but we, but that was a day that was dedicated to that remembrance of that sporting event. Everything, nothing else mattered. Sometimes we compare corporate worship to sporting events in a way that says, see how excited we get? Why don't we get that excited here? That's not the purpose of this illustration. <laughs> it's, it is the intention and the preparation and the singleness of focus. And yet, there was no point in that day when I felt like it was an imposition or a drudgery. 
And it, it, it was a gift. It was a gift when I got that ticket. If only uh, that gift of the Sabbath came around once a week and I was that intentional about saying, Lord, I, I'm created in your image. You've given me living water through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And you've saved me so that I can enter into your throne room and worship you. Whether or not I can sing or play an instrument, whether or not I'm in uh, a sanctuary or elsewhere, I have the opportunity to respond to the God who made me for himself and redeemed me to worship him. So one of the things that, that I've attempted to do, and I, I don't do it as well as I should, um, it's called the weekly examine. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's, it's from the Latin, which means examine. And, uh, <laughs> but it's just, a, it's an opportunity to, um, to remember what God has done and then to prepare to live life as a created and redeemed person. Uh, it's much what the Israelites did. The Israelites did a lot of back, walking backwards. I mean, not physically, but figuratively, right? When, whenever they were called to walk into an uncertain future, it was always as they remembered. They remembered as they went, right? They remembered what God had done. They remembered that God um, had been faithful. And that knowledge of who they were and what God had done for them gave them the confidence to walk into an uncertain future. Because, as we just sang, he's the same God. He's still faithful. He's been faithful. Look at how he's led. Look at how he's provided. And so with that gratitude and that trust, I can walk confidently backwards. And so the exam, in fact, I'll have, Dan, if you, you and the team want to come up, because actually the song that they're closing with um, this morning, it says all of that. We're going to sing, great is your faithfulness, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. And in light of that, I will be steadfast as I continue to walk. But, but this weekly exam is just taking a little time to, to look back on the week that was, which I don't do that very often. I'm always looking forward to what's going to come, right? <laughs> and, but we say, okay, I want to have awareness of God's presence. And then as I look back at the week that was, I look with gratitude. I say, I say Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the week that was not in terms of all the stuff that I did or all the conflicts that I encountered, I'm going to look as a created and redeemed person. I'm going to look at the past as God's past, that he was there. He was faithful. He was leading. May not have seen it, but now I'm, I'm sure going to look for the ways in which God was present. God was inviting me to respond to him. And so I look with gratitude for what he's done. And then as I review events from the week that was, 
I respond. And then in that light, I look forward to tomorrow to say, okay, he's been faithful. Lord, I'm grateful for your presence in your life. Maybe I didn't see it, but help me to get back into rhythm. Help me to be reoriented to who and whose I am as a created person, as a redeemed person, created to worship you in all of life. Cause me to be steadfast as I walk into this week to come. Can I pray with you to that end? And then we'll, we'll sing a song that, that reflects that desire. Heavenly Father, again, again, I just want to thank you for your presence for your presence and work in our lives. Forgive us for where we, uh, we live in such a way that we're not conscious of the living water that comes through your son. Would you remind us, would you remind us that we need you? Would you help us to get into rhythm? that we would live our life, Lord, in such a way that it's just as natural as breathing in and breathing out, that we're hearing from you and responding to you, our creator and our redeemer. Thank you for inviting us into your presence through Jesus. And thank you for the gift of Sabbath to keep us in rhythm, to keep us remembering. We love you, Lord. We need your help. We need the enabling of your Holy Spirit so that we'll remember and that we'll live in light of eternity every day. Well, thank you for what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we prepare to sing, I wanted to remind you of another way um, of, of worship, another act of worship that we do here at Sunrise is um, giving of our tithes and offerings. So, um, just an, a way we can kind of keep things going here at Sunrise. Your gifts allow us to do that, but also sow into our missional partners like Rem Remembrance Israel, like we mentioned earlier. Um, so use this time to, to worship that way, but also as we sing together. Let's sing. stand together. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven, you'll do just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. Though the rising sun to the setting same I will praise your name. Great is your faithfulness to me.
faithful to us, God. So God from age to age, God from age to age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun to the setting, same I will praise your name. Praise your name. Great 
So let's go from this place with that challenge that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord in all things through us will be praised. Go in his grace and peace this morning.